My life is misery punctuated by brief intervals of cookies. <laughs> this is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Oh, shit. Anthony. Is it me? It's you. Oh, Come on. Oh, oh shit. Is it that? me? We I didn't, didn't know. Talk. It's been a while. Hey, I got hit by a truck. You, you did. You did. I got hit by a truck. That's okay. I do have, I do have something. Oh, good. I know. Because oh, I got I, nothing. That's okay. I got something. <laughs> we, and you weren't supposed we, to have anything. It's we won, my week. We've won awards for this show. Yeah, but they tried to take them away. <laughs> did they? I don't recall that. Is that true? They did. Yeah, you remember they tried to take them away. They 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 tried to they, take them away from us and from uh, and from Night Attack. I oh believe. yeah, they, they tried came to, take to their the senses. Yeah. yeah, they were like, oh no, not. <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> oh no, these people. Look, Jeff, microplastics. Oh, plastics in general. Microplastics. Those little bits of things that we consume way too often. Right, buddy. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Maybe there's a way that these microplastics are making us better and stronger. We don't know. Oh, yeah. We don't know. We don't have a longitudinal study about this. Didn't we We, do? We only just started eating microplastics like 10, 15 years ago. (laughs) And we we only decided that it was a problem like within the last two years. Nothing bad has happened in the last 10 to 15 years. Look, man, we can't possibly know. If the if the microplastics are bad yet, the world hasn't tested. gotten demonstrably stupider in the last ten to fifteen years. Uh, name a way we've gotten stupider. <laughs> name a single way that we got dumbest and more. <laughs> Didn't we do an entire story about how we eat basically a credit card's worth of plastics every week? Yeah. Yeah. A delicious credit card. You see, that's the thing is you're you're not using your describing words, Jeff. That's true. We eat one delicious credit card <laughs> worth of microplastics think, every what week. What do you think is the most delicious credit card? Ooh. Now, you're immediately your mind is going to go to something like a like a platinum card or a black diamond card or something oh, sure. that's like you're yeah. going to say like oh it must be because it is the fanciest credit card yeah it's the uh, it's the caviar of credit cards yeah but let me tell you something as somebody whose grandparents came from uh eastern europe and found out how expensive caviar was in the united states they went really <laughs> They went, are you sure? <laughs> Cav- fish eggs? Okay. <laughs> that's how much you want to charge for it. It's not good. Um, look, I think the most delicious credit card is probably not even a credit card. Mm. I think it's probably like a, um, I'm going to say it's a translucent gift card. You know, oh. like one of those, like one of those yeah. Starbucks cards that's like, that's like translucent and that has something printed on it. Oh yeah, yeah. You think the flavor really comes from the printing maybe? I think the flavor it's I think the flavor comes from the card. Ah. I think we need to get back to the simplistic, you know, like it's like when you go to one of those fancy restaurants and they're like we are simply offering you to begin fresh bread. You know what I mean? Like yeah. simply all we are doing is 
is is a fresh bread made from our own starter that right. we have kept for 48 years and like you know it's just a simple bread but because we have we so rarely have good simple bread we get back to the basics you get back to the basics and you're like yeah. oh my god just a bread and butter i i forgot how much i love just a good bread and butter and so i think just a clear plastic card <laughs> just the just most like a, like a plain visa uh, just a return to petroleum itself you know, that's probably the most delicious mm. of the credit cards. I feel like it, a diner's club card is going to have a, a, a <laughs> song of something. Just because it has food in the name? Yeah, it's diner's club. <laughs> Made for eaters. Must be yeah. good eating. We can both agree, though, that the least delicious credit card is American Express, right? It's oh, God. Terrible. No, it comes right back up at the end of the month. <laughs> I, um, I, I think, you know, in terms of microplastics keep eating them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I don't I'm think we go, have a I'm choice. Going, well, that's the thing is I've decided that my new philosophy is if there's something that I simply cannot change within my lifetime, mm-hmm. like certainly, look, I have one human lifetime's worth of years. I can make some progress on on something and I'll try to make progress for the next generation. I think that's important. I sure. think the next generation probably shouldn't be eating plastic, but for my generation, there's no stopping it at this point. And so what mm. I'm going to say is maybe I like plastic. Okay. Maybe maybe I've decided to simply enjoy my life the way it is. <laughs> the problem though with your setup is that you have you said you have one human lifetime worth of years, but yes. The the issue I think is is how short those years are becoming <laughs> based on the plastic. Once again, we have no idea. Fair, fair. So for me, I'm simply going to say, I choose to believe that I enjoy plastic. Okay. I like eating plastic. And, uh, because here's the thing, Jeff, if you hunt for happiness, you'll never find it. Ah, uh, uh, you, you know let, what I mean? You have to let happiness just waft into your pores, uh, shed by the various plastic items around. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. You have to become 30% happiness through mm. osmosis. <laughs> it would be great if it was it was somehow strengthening us. We were becoming uh, more plastic plasticine man? in our own lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like we were becoming a plastic man or a, or a Mr. Fantastic of some oh, kind. That'd be a, a delight. Um, well, there are those, Jeff, quick, who quick, say that- Wait, quick question. Wait, Sorry, before you yeah. get into the story, quick question about plastic man versus versus- Mr. Fantastic. Sure. This is the podcast where we should do, do you, that. Do you think, do you think <laughs> Mr. Fantastic suffered from just a, just a lack of imagination based on what plastic man is capable of? Like Mr. Fantastic clearly yeah, is like, capable he, of doing plastic man esque feats. Well, right? is he, but that's the, well, is he is the thing. So you've got your Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards, and he yeah. is um, his name. Really, I think comes more from ha- what he thinks about himself than his powers. Yeah. We've discussed this. Reed Richards is an asshole. He's the worst. Um, the only the only Reed Richards that I accept and respect, the only Mr. Fantastic that I accept, is Stephen Colbert in the Venture Brothers, <laughs> right? in ice station incredible or whatever it was called where he's just an asshole yeah um because he is but mr fantastic i think his name comes more from the fact that he thinks he's really smart and he can do fantastic things with his brain 
than he right. can with 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 his stretchiness. Stretchiness, he tends to. My fist is big now. I wrap no, he you do, up. He'll do he'll do long arm across the room, long torso uh, on a you know dealing with a fing fang foom, for example. He'll wrap his entire body around it like yes. some sort of rope or string. What he does not do. He doesn't turn into a tire. Never. He doesn't turn into an animal of some not kind. Once. Uh, he doesn't turn into any sort of like bucket and or vehicle or anything. Right. Um, but here's my question. Like, is Marvel, and this is a stupid question to ask when you're comparing two people who stretch their bodies into shapes. Is Marvel going for a more realistic, less silly version of these powers than a plastic man? Well, I think that's, that's clear. And I always respected Mr. Fantastic more as a kid growing up because it wasn't goofball plastic man type stuff. That's also kind of why I rejected uh, a lot of the Green Lantern. A lot of the Green Lantern was just goofbally like, hey, I got a ring that can make anything. I'm going to make a giant boxing glove and punch you in the face. Eh, no, eh, Green Lantern did not did not earn my respect until Kyle Rayner came along and decided yeah. he was going to make robots and mechs and like right. battleships and stuff. Yeah. But listen, couldn't get a decent haircut, though. Here's here's the thing. Well, for the 90s, I think Kyle Rayner had a great haircut. <laughs> For the 90s, he had the same haircut we all did and just <laughs> let it go. Yeah. Um, microplastics and plastics <laughs> in general. Okay. All right. All right. Microplastics. Gotcha. Uh, the, re the whole reason we're eating microplastics and the whole reason plastics are in the water and plastics are in all this stuff is, is we've simply, for the last century almost, we've simply just been using plastics and we didn't start really thinking about it until about 30, 40 years ago. And we didn't really start doing anything about it until like 20 years ago. And mm. even then, it's not like we've slowed down in using plastics. What we've done is we've been like, what's the plastic that makes me the most dumb? Don't put that in baby bottles. <laughs> right? right? Like that's what we've decided. We've decided like, hey, what is it? The ABS plastic, is that the one that does it? Or BPA, BPA. I'm thinking of right. airbags. BPA is the plastic where you uh you don't want that in your water bottles, your your baby bottles, your 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 utensils, your mouth. Your mouth. You don't want to yeah. suck on this oil cuz it makes you dumb. Yeah. But this uh, is but how we've been with everything, right? This is how we are with all technological breakthroughs as we go. We get there and we're like, this is amazing. We can paint our house with this awesome lead paint. That's oh, incredible. And let me tell you something, looks. Jeff. Lead because paint still looks good. We can insulate, insulate our house with all this asbestos. It's phenomenal. What a great insulation we came up with. Here's the thing. Lead paint still looks great. <laughs> and asbestos is still an amazing insulator <laughs> compared to the stuff that we have now. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> we have, as, as a species, we've really decided to weigh the deadliness of everyday things versus how much it makes our lives easier. And oh, we yeah. go from there. Yeah. And we rarely side with the deadliness part. You know? Well, we decide how deadly is too deadly. And then, right. and then we have a company come in and tell us whether we were right or wrong. <laughs> like a large corporation will come yeah. in and be like, well, are you, are you too worried? Cause we yeah. think yes. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes when I think about just the, the, the sheer, I mean, this is, highly appropriate to what you've been going through lately. When I sh think about the sheer act of like getting in a car. Yeah. It, from a certain perspective, it's absolutely insane. Right. Yes. That we're just like, 
I I have zero control over whether I live or die from this experience. Like the, I'm putting my trust into strangers yeah. hurling at me at 75 miles an hour. And the only thing that's stopping them from killing me is a, a, a line of paint on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, well, but we I all really respect need, the line, but I really, I really need to get somewhere. I really need to go yeah, no. over there. Look, I need to get from here to there. And what am I going to do? Walk? Yeah, no. I'll never gonna, get there. <laughs> I need to get so, there today. I will literally like, I would literally just hope that I don't die today in order yeah. to get over here. It's well, and you remember wild. like, you remember that like, I'm just, I, I think we're just a hair too young for this. But the idea of like, Forcing people to wear seatbelts was considered like, how dare you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, how dare you force us to wear seatbelts? Like, it was a big thing. And it was like, Mm -hmm. and it was a thing where like, one of the things that I hate about like Stranger Things or any of these 80s media like that that's come out, like it and things like that is like, Mm. those kids aren't wearing bike helmets. Stop right. it. Stop right. it. Stop telling At me once. that in the 80s, those kids were wearing bike helmets because even though now kids aren't stupid and kids are right. like, no, if you don't wear a helmet, it will it will literally crack your brain open. We were like helmets are for babies. Yeah. I wouldn't have been caught dead in a helmet because I probably would have been caught dead without a helmet. Dude, the number of times I banged myself up to an extent that I really shouldn't have just like skating like yeah. skateboarding because <clears throat> I'm going to wear pads. Eat shit. I'm going to wear pads. <laughs> right. You wear pads, grandma. I, it was the worst idea ever to actually have a helmet on. Oh, yeah. what a dork you would be wearing a safe safety equipment. So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. And I'm not just talking on the street. I'm talking like, I'm talking like at skate parks. They yeah. never used to make you wear helmets. Yeah. They just be like, go ahead. And you'd be like, Cool. <laughs> I'm just going to bomb this half pipe and then maybe I'll like, I don't know, tear every, all the skin and fillings out of my knee at the age of 14. If you're in Colorado, uh, there's no helmet law for motorcycles. Oh God. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen, dude. People just riding down the highway with no helmet on on a motorcycle. Here's what I'll tell you. If it wouldn't take me way too long to get up and get over to my helmet right now, I would do this for the benefit of the, of the video viewers. Uh, my helmet saved my life. I believe it. Three weeks ago, my helmet, and not just saved my life, which like some people have this thought in their head that like, I don't know, I'd tuck and roll like Batman or I'd bounce or like, <laughs> right, I don't right. know. I think my skull's probably tougher than most people's skulls. Whatever it is that people think that make them not wear a helmet. Um, <clears throat> I, my helmet, not only stop my skull from splitting in like three or four places. But also there is a giant like gash in the, in the face plastic, which now, by the way, my bloodstream is 30% face plastic, but, (laughs) (laughs) but there's, there's like a bite taken out of the plastic, right? It's not just like a scrape. There's, it's like, it's three dimensional. It's a gouge. And it would have been Jeff, over my eye and Oof. my cheek, I would have, baby, my yeah. face is my money maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, it's a goof. Like, I'm saying it as a goof, but it's also true. I work on camera for a living. 
Yeah. And you also need to be alive for that. I need to be alive to make for any that. money. I need to have a face for that. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that I just I just need in order to make that happen. And uh, my helmet, my helmet saved my life. So yes. Well, and here's the thing we were trying to prove that like we do dumb, stupid things and we should pull back on that. But also here it is. Face plastic saved me. And that's the reason we have face plastic. <laughs> so I think what you're saying is if we ingest all that plastic, the safety will be inside us all along. Now I did not ask, but there is, there is a thought in my head because I, I, I must have done a bounce off of that pavement. And I'm wondering if I if I was more bouncy due to the plastic. And that's something once oh, again. Oh, there you go. 15 years of ingesting plastics and, and now you're, uh, maybe it saved you. Maybe it saved my life. In which case, the work that these scientists have done is actually detrimental. And what they've done, Jeff, is they're trying to find a way to get rid of all of this plastic. Now, we're doing a lot of things to get rid of this plastic. Number one, we're trying to find alternatives to plastic. Uh, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be the real one here. Mm. Most of them suck. Yeah. Plastic alternatives, for the most part, suck. There's a reason why everything went from wood and steel and metal and and cloth and all of this stuff. There's a reason everything is plastic now. Plastic yeah. is real good. That's the issue. As somebody that has uh, tasted far too many paper straws in the last five years, uh, you know, I'm inclined to agree. There's some hey. things that are better as plastic. Listen, I'll, I'll use the paper straw. Yeah. I don't mind a paper straw. I, uh, I, I get a paper straw. Anything I'm drinking with a straw, I'm drinking too fast for the straw to get in my way. I have no, I have, I have the same lack of, I have the same lack of restraint and control about beverages as I do about junk food and snacks. If I'm eating hmm. like a, if I, if I'm drinking like a, like a delicious iced latte with oat milk, which I very often am. Yeah. Baby, I'm sucking that thing down. By the time your straw is like, oh no, it's paper and I can sort of taste the paper. Buddy, I'm not even drinking that drink anymore. That's Are you why, still drinking that drink? That's why they always called you Chugs. Right? They, call me, they call Chugs me Chugs. Um, all he does is chug it. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. He chugs it. I chug it. Listen, listen, look at all these high chew wrappers. <laughs> if you give me a Making bag of high chews during my convalescence, I'm going to eat nothing but high chews. So plastic alternatives we can agree are not great. I want them to get right. better. I'm excited for them to keep getting better. You know, some of these, uh, I think the, I think the plastic alternatives that are working the best are the, um, the utensils and plateware that are made of like potato starch plastic. I think those are mm. great. They yeah. work wonderfully. Um, but we, a lot I have of these, invested in a, a number of metal straws, aluminum straws, which we have in the house, which I, I in fact, I, I have one right now, right? There here. you go. Look at that. Look at you. Uh, oh, and out of a little jar? What are you? Yeah. Like you're you're such a you're such a a, a Pinterest. Look you're such a you're so aesthetic, Jeff. Can I had I, no idea. Could be honest with you. Yeah. Everything you see before me was purchased by my wife. Of course. <laughs> of course. But you can take the never, credit for it. We've never been able to find these things. Yeah, how do you even look them up? And then <laughs> how do you know. decide? I don't know. Uh so 
as we're looking for these plastic alternatives, we're also looking for ways to fish this plastic out of the water supply. You know, there was uh, there are those there are those boats, the giant barges uh, that have been collecting in huge nets. They've yeah. managed to remove a hundred thousand pounds of plastic from the uh, from basically that garbage island that's floating around. Uh, yeah. They're really trying to remove the amount of plastic for the water. Uh, let me tell you something. If you want to know just how important this is watch a video of one of the no, don't watch a video of like the the great garbage barrier reef or whatever it's called or don't watch a video of like of like uh, how much trash is floating in the water that's not what you watch because i found that that doesn't really impress upon me as a visual mm-hmm. what's happening the visual you want to see is you want to see one of these boats dumping their nets from one trip out yeah. And see how much plastic they're pulling out of the water and know that like they're not even making a dent because more plastic is going in every day. I mean, it's super depressing that it's in the water. I, I don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's in fish also, now. Like even if we stop eating it, it's yeah, in the fish. It's awful. I mean, you got to worry about <laughs> eating salmon because they're just delivering it into your body. <laughs> but Upstream to their own yeah. detriment. It's, they it's fight great. their way upstream so you will eat the microbeads that exfoliate the inside of your throat. Yeah. Which yeah. my throat is a... silky smooth. Listen to these dulcet tones. Oh, That's yeah. the microplastics. Have you ever seen a bear stand at the head of a, a of a waterfall and just grab the plastic out of the air as it shoots upstream? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they love it. They do. Uh, but anyway, what, what what I'm trying to say is, uh, don't get me wrong, it's great that we're getting the the plastic out of the water, but it, it, it then what? Like, we got to put it on land now, I guess? We just put it in the, it's not well, going away. We, don't, that's we got the it other out of the thing. water and now we got to put it somewhere. Sure. So one of the biggest questions about that is recycling. And we know that recycling doesn't work as well as we've been told. That's yeah. another problem with it. This is why I'm saying, everybody, listen, you could stop listening to the podcast right now and take take the uh, take the lesson of this podcast as just learn to enjoy the fact that you're 30% plastic now. <laughs> it's easier. It's better. It's going to make you a happier person. But if you want to keep listening, one of the biggest issues is recycling doesn't work the way we were told. Well, for plastic, like it works great for paper and cardboard, uh, certain uh, things it works great. It for. works great for paper and cardboard, assuming the paper and the cardboard are not uh, are not soiled or dirty or have too much tape on them or like there's <laughs> yeah. recycling simply does not work as well as we've been told. Our current means of recycling things is not the greatest, which is why so many of these things, when they say recycled, they say it's recycled pre-consumer and not post-consumer. Pre-consumer means uh, we're here at the paper mill and we've got some leftover pulp and, you know, kind of lower grade stuff. And in order to sell that lower grade stuff, we're going to let you know that we're using this trash to make this thing and we're going to charge you more for it, even though it costs us less, (laughs) right? That's pre-consumer. Post-consumer is... Uh, you know, or it's in the factory or it's whatever, and they have leftover junk that they reuse themselves. Post-consumer is you and I put the stuff in the green bin or the blue bin, and it goes to the recycling center, and they're able to actually reuse this material. Yeah. Now, 
I think I think they said something like, and don't quote me on this, but I think they said something like the actual the actual percentage of stuff that goes through a recycling center that can be recycled usefully is only something like twenty to thirty percent, which means seventy percent of this stuff is going back to landfill or going to junk. It's it's not being recycled, right. which for paper is not for paper is diff, is terrible in a different way than plastic right for paper that's terrible because we got to cut down more trees for plastic it's terrible because that plastic sits for hundreds and hundreds of years right yeah so uh according to uh the quick google search that i did uh mm-hmm. 46 plastic million man's cooler Plastic man is way plastic cooler. Man, way cooler. Quick, quick yeah, Google great. search. Uh, Forty-six million tons of plastic waste generated annually in the U.S. Uh, five to six percent gets recycled. Now, and a lot of that has to do with how much are people willing to recycle? How much of that stuff is 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 plastic that can be recycled? Because certain plastics can't. Um, how much of that stuff is like plastic stuff that's too big or bulky, and so you can't. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of reasons, but but a lot of it has to do with the efficacy of recycling. So what do we do about this? What do we do about the fact that this is not happening at the efficiency and the level and the frequency that we want? So there's a group of there's a group of researchers that has been working on this uh, at the uh, Biological Research Center in Madrid. And one of these scientists was an amateur beekeeper. Hmm. And as, as, they were, uh, as they were taking care of their bees, they cleaned out an infested hive and they found that the larva started eating holes in a plastic refuse bag. So this was an infestation of other, of other insects that was destroying the hive. And then after cleaning out the hive... These insects were eating through the plastic, and the researchers said that after studying these these insects, insect saliva might be a depository of degrading enzymes, which could revolutionize the cleanup of polluting waste. Certain insects have enzymes in their saliva that naturally breaks down plastic quickly. Feed the plastic to the bugs. Feed the plastic to the bugs. Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I don't care about it. bugs. There, I don't care can about go bugs wrong at all. If we just, here's the plan. We just make the bugs procreate at a rate that can take down this amount of plastic and nothing can go wrong. We just flood the oceans with insects. Yes. Jeff, I myself have just moved to the new colony of Hawaii and I have seen that there are just too many snakes here. So what I'm going to do, Jeff, is I'm just going to bring a few mongooses to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. I'm just simply going to bring a few of these mongooses to Hawaii. Just a couple, maybe. Just a I couple. Know, handful. Yeah. Here's another thing that I've noticed. Hawaii got lots of bugs, too many bugs for my liking. Mm. I've found Go- this particular frog. Oh, it eats bugs. Eat, it eats this. It eats these bugs and makes an adorable sound while it does so. <laughs> Um, so basically what we're looking at here is, uh, 
polyethylene, right? Mm. Plastic bags are made of a, a type of plastic called polyethylene. That's yeah. 30% of all plastic production. It's used mostly in, uh, in bags and packaging, which is a huge, huge amount. I mean, 30% of all plastic production, yeah, right? That's a lot, right. Um, so the only recycling that we do with polyethylene today uses mechanical processes and creates essentially lower value products. What they mean by that is like, you gotta, you gotta really mush down the polyethylene. You gotta mm-hmm. reheat it. You gotta reconstitute it. And that makes a uh, uh, more brittle plastic. So it's not useful right. for the same stuff. It was useful as before. So we have to find new things to use it for. Right. And not as many things use this more brittle polyethylene. Now, if we could use insects and the insects that they were using here, uh, this is Dr. Federica Bertaccini at the Biological Research Center in Madrid. And they said, my beehives were plagued with wax worms. So I started cleaning them and putting the worms in a plastic bag. I noticed lots of holes and we found that it wasn't only chewing. It was chemical breakdown. So that was the beginning of the story. So, right, like they're eating a little bit of the plastic, but they're also little gross goblins that get their that get their saliva juice everywhere while they're eating. Yeah, they're just uh, breaking it down with their with their slobber. They're just slobbering idiots <laughs> that just that just gorge themselves like little goblins, like little plastic yeah. goblins. Yeah. And as they gorge themselves, whatever they don't eat and completely get out of our lives, they slobber all over, which breaks <laughs> it down and gets it out of our lives way quicker. Wax worms. It's amazing. So wait. Why are they called wax worms? Is it because they feed on the wax of the bees? They feed on the wax in the beehives. Hmm. That which is why they were infesting the beehives. They love a high chew. They're basically <laughs> they're like they basically bugs chew. that love high chew candy. <laughs> Do you think you you and they have a common ancestor? I think that we've both been eating so much plastic <laughs> that I'm that I'm a bit of a wax worm now. Do you think these I, bugs I do are slobber? So- yeah, well, yes. You, I eat doing that real quick. I'm a disgusting eater. <laughs> have we ever discussed this? I know you've been around me while I eat, but we have oh, we yeah. ever discussed ever this on the, the show? Did, did I ever tell you the the story of uh, going on a first date with a, a girl? It's not not my wife. It was a previous girlfriend. Oh, this is a and, girl that you're dating behind your wife's back right now. <laughs> yeah, my side piece. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this the, is not true. <laughs> no, God, no. I, no. Uh, the highlight of my week is cookies with my wife. Uh, yeah. I, I, can't, I don't get out. Um, anyway, this is a, a previous girlfriend many years ago uh, that I, I later like had a longer relationship with. And at one point in our relationship, she revealed to me that on our first date, she thought, which was at a restaurant, uh, she thought I was comically eating to like exaggeratingly like as eating a goof. To, for comic effect to entertain her. Wow. But I was just eating, Anthony. That's just how I eat. <laughs> Is this... So I've always associated this with, with the Eastern European Jewish side of my family, but perhaps this is from the Italian side of my oh, family. Yeah, I mean, or I maybe definitely attribute it. <laughs> maybe it's both, but I certainly got it from the Italian side. Because uh, uh, you know. I had to, 
I had a friend tell me, actually, it was a friend in high school that told me, uh, and he was like, Hey man, like you got to chew your food. <laughs> you were just, I was like, you were just taking the entire mouse, like, a you're just unhinging your jaw and swallowing it whole. I would, you know, I would chew into something like two times and swallow. Like I eat, like I would just devour food. My you family like was shaggy eats a sandwich. Yes. Scooby Doo. <laughs> Unhinge my jaw. I make a sandwich by, uh, by, by shuffling a deck of cold cuts and bread. Yeah. yeah. And then I simply eat it in a single, in a single bite. And this like is the way I eat. It's just efficient. It's just an efficient way to eat. I honestly, if I can, if I can be real with you, and I know I try to bring everything back to this, it's, it's like, you know, anytime Anthony says this, take a drink, but like, I think it annoys me to have to sit and eat because I I'm doing something I don't want to do when I have other things I should be doing. And so I just like my ADHD brain just goes fucking finish this food and get back to what you're doing. This sucks. Yeah. Eating faster, sex. faster. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I do, a, I do a big slobber. I'm a gross eater. I've been trying to get better at it, but I do think I'm a bit of a waxworm in that way. Um, do you think these, these waxworms are just so dumb that they can't tell the difference between <laughs> wax and plastic? Buddy, what if, what if the difference is just negligible for them? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know the difference between different kinds of foods, but I'll eat them all. (laughs) It's a good point. You know, good point. Yeah. If they can eat, if they can eat the beeswax and they can eat, you know, the, the polyethylene and it don't give them tummy ache. They keep eating the polyethylene. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like, uh, you know, I was well into my twenties before I'd had Thai food. I'd never had Thai food growing up. Wow. I didn't know, I didn't know I loved Thai food. This could be a similar situation with the wax worms. Like all they had was wax, you know, you're a wax worm, you're growing up, you just have wax. And then one day somebody's like, Hey, have you tried Thai food? Did you know that noodles could have flavor? (laughs) Well, I mean, well, you're from an Italian Italian family. So, but did you know that noodles could have different flavor? I didn't know they could have peanut flavor. (laughs) God. To to live into your twenties without without having yeah without having Thai food, wow! First time I ever I had Thai food was in Los Angeles at, at Toy, that restaurant Toy on Sunset. Oh yeah, yeah. First time I ever ate, ate Thai food was there. Wow! Well, there thai. you go. My friend's like, just try pad Thai, and I was like, okay, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, I'll tell you, wow opened up a whole new world to you. And maybe that's what we're doing. Once again, like I like to think maybe I like oil. I like to think maybe these bugs like oil too. Maybe we're opening <laughs> yeah. a whole new world up to them. Yeah. Um, look, they're figuring out what this means, but they do know that it means these salivas, these enzymes break down plastic. So what does that mean? Does that mean that we harvest these enzymes from these bugs? Like you said, that could lead to a whole other environmental thing. Does that mean that we can create synthetic versions of these enzymes in a lab? How, Mm. uh, what are the long-term effects of using these enzymes? All of these things still need to be studied, but, but here's the thing. We've used different enzymes before. Uh, you know, we talked, I think, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, uh, but, but I, I think we at least mentioned that we're using bacteria 
in oceans and soils now to try to get rid of some of the plastic in there. And we have, we've released bacteria into the ocean that eats some of these oils. Mm -hmm. Um, Did we release it too quickly? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Let's get rid of the plastic first. We'll worry about it from there. Let me yeah, tell yeah, you, once yeah. we get rid of this plastic, we got to start dealing with all the nuclear waste we threw down there. <laughs> Bad. We just, we were using the ocean as a big old trash can. Because here's the thing, Jeff, you throw something into the ocean, yeah. it disappear. You don't see it ever again. You, the only person who maybe sees it is James Cameron and his little submersible. <laughs> and who yeah. cares? Fuck that guy. Come on. That guy sucks. <laughs> One guy. It's I one mean, guy and he maybe sucks. he's the king of the world. Maybe not. I don't know. I'll tell you what. He sucks is what he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've also uh, we've also used a, a super enzyme to break down plastic drink bottles, which are usually made from pet plastic, which is a totally different kinds of plastic. Um We've been using uh, bacteria from leap composts to get rid of pet plastic. We've been using a, a bug from a waste dump that can eat polyurethane. We've been trying all of these different natural means to get rid of these things. Um, and I think, like, to me, out of everything we've tried, this to me seems like the best way to go about it. Now, are we introducing a mongoose to yeah. Hawaii when we do this. Yeah. I have to wonder because the difference between and and maybe we put more thought into this now, maybe we don't. Like we said, they're just in the experimental phase here, but mongoose if can't eat snake will eat other thing. Right. Right? Mongoose will start eating different eggs, different animal things. Like <sighs> mongoose will mongoose will start destroying other stuff. And mongoose will live a mongoose amount of time, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Bug over quick. Well, bug over think. quick can't eat much. Should we be worried about our our supply of wax? Like, what if they can't get enough plastic? Will they turn to our wax and eat all our wax? Well, we certainly listen. I think. I think to be safe. The government should regulate anywhere that this is going on. Plastic recycling is going on. There cannot be a Yankee candle factory within like 15 to 20 miles. That just seems like a wise policy. Yeah. Or or like one of those companies like or a novelty company that makes the fun wax lips. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Or the the, uh, Yeah. Your 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 little your little uh your little cola bottle candies that you bite off the tops and then you uh-huh. drink the delicious sugar syrup out of right right uh, none of those no- novelty companies should be allowed to operate close to I mean listen we can't even allow them close to a plastic vomit <laughs> we're we're really figuring this out though Anthony I feel yeah. like we're really working this out working this through all the all the angles uh, it does seem to me that the biggest question with all this is scalability yes. Right? Yes, because absolutely. You, you can find out that an uh, that a bug will, will slobber its way through your your little plastic bag. That's great, but when you're looking at an island full of plastic refuse, I don't know. You st- I don't know how you know the scalability seems like the biggest question. Right, right. So, I think I think the thing here is when you've got something. You know, we're talking about like. 
when we're talking about the amount of plastic that we have, let's say we we yeah, we have these ships that are gathering up this huge these huge amounts of plastics, and we take those plastics to uh, to a, a, a facility that is uh, that is just uh, literally just a pile of plastics and bugs. Like really, that's like honestly, yeah. it's like a com- it's genuinely like having a compost pile, but for plastic. Like when you think about it, you don't need maybe to we do could much. Just, maybe we could just use like a Carnival cruise ship. You know, I feel like they're like halfway there already. You know, yeah. It's, it's just well, bugs I mean, and the problem with that is like as gross as a Carnival cruise ship is, it is one of the last bastions of all you can eat soft serve ice cream that we have. Mm-hmm. Fair as enough. humanity and Let's also yeah. and also where will we study all the new diseases that hit mankind <laughs> if if not on a cruise ship fair enough yeah we need cru- cruise ships are vital because they 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 allow us to study the effects of whatever new pandemic is about to break out <laughs> on uh-huh. the weak and the old yeah <laughs> and we need it's that good. that's important that's important yeah. data yeah that how else will we learn how uh <laughs> how various diseases will affect your shuffleboard score. Right. Where you know? are the majority of higher end close-up magicians going to get jobs <laughs> if we shut down cruise ships? Sure. Yeah. You know? It's a valid question. Where yeah. are uh where are people from touring companies of Broadway shows going to go off season? <laughs> yeah. Cruise ships serve a vital a vital economic uh purpose mm-hmm. uh, and they're also just just environmentally great. You want to talk about a cruise? I've been on a cruise ship twice, and yeah. both times I've been on a cruise ship, I've been like, "Oh, this is a death machine." Yeah, this is yeah. an absolute death machine floating through the water, causing death. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, "How? This can't be." But all no. the soft serve, but but unlimited soft serve so and soft serve. terrible pizza. Whatever you want. If it's 3 a.m. and you want terrible pizza, you just walk down and you get it. Um, it. Where else are you going to do that except for any major city? Now, listen, (laughs) here's the thing. So if we take these, if we take all of these, uh, if we take all this plastic and we put it in essentially what is a plastic compost heap, we can either allow these bugs to overrun. And then what happens to these bugs? Like, how do we environmentally control these bugs? Well, you would think that if we've got them contained and mm-hmm. we start running low on plastic, the bug population simply drops. Yeah. Naturally, right. because their lifespans are very short. But this might not even be something we need to worry about, Jeff, um, because the team studied all of these enzymes. They studied 200 different proteins in the waxworm saliva, and they've narrowed it down to the two that have the plastic eating effect. We could, like we said, be using uh, lab means to create these proteins or we could extract these proteins from bug saliva Yeah. without having to, I mean, listen, we're going to breed and kill a lot of bugs. <laughs> right. But we don't have to breed and let them just run rampant. We can just use the important stuff. Right. I think what we're saying is we want to avoid a uh, lady who swallowed a fly situation. You know, sure. You, you, you swallow the frog to kill the fr- fry. You follow the, you swallow the cat to kill the rat. You know, mm-hmm. you get it's an endless cycle of swallowing. It's a, it's a it's what they call a skinnamarinky dinky dink situation. <laughs> exactly. 
that's the scientific you, term. You, I didn't want to get too sciencey on the science podcast. It's it's like a it's like a defcon. It's like the defcon, and like you can start at Skinnerinky Dinky Dink, but you do <laughs> right. not want to environmentally get to Skinnerinky Do. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a, that know, sounds like a skin of a rinky don't, if you ask me. That's what that's what the final one is. <laughs> They're the general, we've reached skin of a rinky don't. Yeah. yeah what do we do? Like, what do we skin of a rinky do now? <laughs> <laughs> and the general said, I thought this would be the song that never ends. Yeah. But it's time. <laughs> Did Joe, who works at the button factory... <laughs> I need you to turn the launch key with your right hand. <laughs> Does it, are we just at the opening stages of this? Is that why we haven't come up with an actual plan? Is it we, we've just discovered that this works. And so we know we don't have a plan for scaling it. Is it just like we, you know, we just haven't gotten to the point where we know whether we can get the enzyme or we need the bugs. Yeah. So this is, that's basically what's going on is yeah. all of these, all of these studies basically basically came to fruition in 2020, 2021, this year. When you think about that, number one, that's incredibly new and it's incredibly fast to be making. I love this because this is this, this is those like parallel discovery things, which I really yeah. love. You look yeah. at this and it's like, oh, three different teams from three different places had this line of thinking and we've shown that it works. Okay. Right. Now what? The other thing that we have to really, really think about is these discoveries were made during the last couple of years when everything has been moving slower. People are not able to be in the same facilities. Everything slowed down over the last couple right, of years. Right. So yeah. hopefully now that we've found all of these different ways. I mean, we've got, we've got these enzymes that are breaking down different kinds of plastic. We've got these bacteria that we could potentially release into the ocean. You know, we're still doing more tests on that. Uh, and now we have these, this waxworm saliva that could uh, potentially be a, a third thing to get rid of a major type of plastic, right? When you talk about pet plastics and polyurethanes, those are the two biggest consumer used plastics. Mm -hmm. uh, if this stuff starts working and we're able to break this stuff down, imagine you put everything in the green bin now and it goes down to the local, uh, the local recycling, uh, center. Local and instead of using bug hive, it goes to a local bug hive and instead yeah. of, you know, chemical breakdown, you know, or, or this breakdown that creates a, a brittle byproduct that we can sort of use, but nobody really wants to. Now, instead of throwing 70% of this stuff right back into the landfill, we're able to get rid of, it doesn't matter if your plastic is dirty. It doesn't matter if your plastic is covered in, in, in yeah. paper or other goo or anything like that. These enzymes will still work, which means yeah. one of the other things that's, that's going to, uh, such a huge problem, particularly here in the States, uh, we refuse to prep things for recycling, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. that's a huge, that's another reason why five to 6%, like you're saying, only gets recycled. It's not like in Japan where it's like, have you ever seen what they have to do to take the trash out in Japan? No. 20 different bins in some places. Crazy. And there are different days of the week and there are different things. And you've got to like, you've got to like wash the labels off your bottles and throw the labels down and people do it because it's just that's impressive. It's I mean, just what they do. Barely break down boxes here, you know? Oh my God. If a, let me tell you. 
I am just as guilty of this as anybody else. If a box is like just too big to break down, <laughs> it's going in their hole. <laughs> like yeah. if I, if it's like, it's just, it's going in their hole. Like, I'm sorry. For me, I'm it's sorry. the opposite. It's the small ones. I don't like breaking down. I'll break down a big box. That's no problem. Oh, cause you you're know? like punching through them. I punch right through them. Yeah. But the little ones, it's like, it's a box like this. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take the time. The boxes that are like folded together instead of, yeah. you know. Oh, it, I'm thinking it, of like, I'm thinking of like the big, like, like the big corrugated ones that are like taped everywhere. And like, you know, like yeah. if you get furniture or something. That's annoying. That's like, I don't, annoying. I'm just like, sorry. Like, like, a, like a shoe box. <laughs> Like a shoebox, uh, such a pain to break down a shoebox. It's like, come on, I, yeah. This, why I would can't you do even that? Figure this out. That's not even listen. Hey, to, to, actually, I, I got the the actual numbers on paper and cardboard. Lay uh, on EPA, me. The EPA estimates that sixty eight percent of paper and cardboard that goes into recycling bins gets recycled. Oh, that's so huge. Even, yeah, I think it's pretty good, but but this is this is not total paper and and cardboard no. that we make. This, this is, is just the stuff that makes it into the recycling bin. Right, sixty eight percent. But that's you know that's that's pretty that's good. a lot more than it was. I feel like the I feel like yeah. the number that I was pulling from was from years ago, probably. And it seems like we've really gotten that up to a, a much more manageable level. I mean, obviously, we'd all love to see that get up to you know. A hundred percent eventually, but there's certain like, listen, that's never going to happen because there's certain stuff. Like I said, we're like, if you, if you've got food grease on paper, there's just no way to save that paper, Yeah, you know? And they're like, at least not yet. But with something like this, I think plastic and non-biodegradable stuff is the biggest problem right now. Like, obviously there's a huge problem with deforestation and that's, and that's a problem on a different level. But I think as far as like running out of space for trash and trash that negatively infects, affects the environment and affects our health, plastic is the big one. And to be able to get rid of more of this plastic, imagine if we got that five to 6% that plastic is up at up around 60% like we have right now with paper. Yeah. We would we would be living in a much different world. And so natural natural means like this, if we can figure out ways to replicate them and scale them up, uh, I think the I, I think are gonna literally change our world. I think the one that scares me the most is not these bugs. The one that scares me the most is releasing certain bacteria into the ocean to mm-hmm. eat plastics. Yeah. Because I'm just I'm like what happens to that bacteria? What other side effects is that? Like we fucked with the ocean so much. Yeah. The other thing that occurs to me is that it it feels like this would only be something that we could put in place going forward. Like it couldn't, it seems like it would be logistically quite difficult to operate on any of the existing plastics that are in land. I mean, maybe some of the ocean stuff that we yank out, we could do, but it feels like it would only be a recycle or a, um, a way to eliminate the plastics moving forward. Yeah. Have you ever seen a real landfill like in real life? Uh, no, only in, only in pictures and video. Uh, I've, I've seen a real landfill. They are gigantic and yeah. frightening. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're right. I can't imagine how we would, cause the, here's the other thing about a landfill. 
a landfill, like to send people into a landfill to, 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 uh, uh, sort it out is also kind of a biohazard. Oh yeah, completely. It's yeah. a huge biohazard. So it's at this point, our landfills are, I don't know what we can do to sort them out. And I mean, this is off the top of the dome. I don't know tons about how we, how we work with our landfills. So if anybody, if any of the concerned citizens out there know, definitely hit us up. But, uh, it's fascinating to me to think about like, yeah, I don't know that we could touch those landfills, but just getting rid of the stuff going forward yeah, changes yeah. everything, you know, in such a huge way. So I Does think it, this is cool. Yeah, I do too. Does it, do, do they, uh, is there speculation about next steps or how quickly this might scale? Because it feels like this is, you know, we're in the nascent kind of. Yeah. So, of so the way they, um, the way they've thought about it is uh, uh, there's a professor that's been working uh, alongside like this. This is turned into it started in Madrid, but it's turned into like a, a multi multi organization thing. And uh, Andy Pickford from the Center for Enzyme Innovation at the University of Portsmouth in the UK. Said doesn't, that he, the, doesn't he run uh, uh, Borderlands franchise? Yeah, Andy, Andy, Pickford? Pick, Andy Pickford. He's the guy that he's the guy that runs Gearbox. Yeah. He's the guy that runs Earbox, Andy Pickford. <laughs> he runs Earox. <laughs> and they make order ants. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh he says that the reaction happens within a few hours at room temperature, suggesting that enzymatic breakdown may be a route to making use of polyethylene waste. So what he's saying is this is something that happens naturally within a few hours without fucking with the environment at all. Wow. So this is amazing. A big deal. Yeah. Uh, but they they are going to have to now that they understand it, figure out scaling it, figure out releasing right. it, figure it, figure out processes. But this seems good. Yeah. yeah. Um they also say that like uh, there was a separate study that was related to this published uh, last week that says that creating a mirror image version of a plastic degrading enzyme means it's much more resistant to breaking down itself. Wow. So this is like, this is crazy. This is like you create a bizarro version of the enzyme, right? Wow. So you take this enzyme from the saliva and then you create like basically a chemical opposite of it. You mix them together and it allows it to eat more oil because the enzyme disappears more slowly. So we're already figuring out huh. ways to prolong the enzyme in an environment. That's wild. It's That's really cool. It's wild as hell, but they do say uh, that the high expense of chemically synthesizing mirror image enzymes uh, is probably not going to be economically worth it yet, yeah. but... It's interesting that this research is already picking up steam this quickly. That's rad. That's rad. I, it, it must be expensive because all the mirrors you have to buy. You, know, you have to listen. And also there are, there are like, you got to get little tiny uh, goatees to put on all the enzymes <laughs> and the bugs. Exactly. You have yeah. to, you have to have some That's, bugs that are creating the enzymes. And then you have to have the mirror universe bugs with the little goatees that are creating mirror universe <laughs> enzymes. Yeah. And that's that tricky. That's just, that's just time consuming. Is what that and is. naturally, if one bug meets its mirror opposite, they want to fight to the death. <laughs> and so you have to keep them separated. Yeah. Um, 
So there's I have a lot. Uh, yeah, I have I have one one big question that you know that feels like the the natural progression of all this. Um, should I get one of these wax worms? And just swallow it, so it'll eat my credit card sized plastic oh. that's in me. You know, that's a great question. I would say yes. <laughs> I would absolutely say yes. Feels uh, like a, it's a real at-home kind of DIY remedy, you know? I mean, look, that to me sounds like a, a very similar train of thought to like eating a lot of activated charcoal. <laughs> and and I say, get to it. Yeah. There's no, start the, uh, nothing is wrong with eating a lot of charcoal and nothing is wrong with eating a lot of wax worms and hoping they get rid of all the visa cards inside your body. The delicious, swallow, delicious visa cards. The swallow a wax worm challenge. We'll start it. It'll take off. It'll be a meme. Mm-hmm. We'll save the world. And somehow every time somebody swallows a wax worm, $50 gets given to something. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how we track that, but we, we could say it. Figure it out. Uh, I think this is really cool. Uh, I do too. It's amazing. I'm very excited for it. Um, And again, it's another example, as we have seen on the show many, many times over the years, another example of nature's got a way to fix it. We just got to find it. Yeah. We don't have to do it. (laughs) Exactly. We are simply here to create the mess. When we fuck up nature. Yeah. We let nature figure out a solution for our incredible blunder yeah unless it's a solution that we don't like in which case we tell nature find another solution (laughs) exactly and it will and it does and it has and it will continue to (laughs) and we have nothing to worry about the world is our playground the environment belongs to us and we do what we want and i'm gonna keep eating plastic (laughs) it'll fix itself (laughs) it'll fix itself uh, if you, uh, if you have read any, any interesting stories like this, or if you have any insight into, uh, recycling or landfill or anything like that, uh, you can hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we have concerns show at gmail.com. We've got a subreddit at, uh, reddit.com or, or we have concerns at reddit.com. Uh, we also have our wonderful discord. It's a great place. I spent so much time there lately. I just love hanging out with folks. I don't, I don't even need to post. I'm just reading all the cool articles and hearing people chat about stuff. It's, it's a great time. And it's because we curate it. We only allow the coolest folks. How do you know you're the coolest? Well, you give us at least a dollar a month. And then we tell you, you are cool. It's a transaction that leads to satisfaction. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. And there is, listen, we used to have a much more rigorous exam to figure out who was cool, but it turns out it's just like money makes you cool. Yeah. No, it, it turns out this was way easier for everybody involved. And, and so if you give us a dollar, you get into the discord, you can chat with people, you can see everything everybody's posting. It's not just science stuff we're doing. We're talking books, we're talking movies, we're talking media. Uh, people are playing games together. People are uh, doing all kinds of wonderful stuff. Uh, to join that for just a dollar a month or more, you head to patreon.com slash we have concerns. Uh, and you'll notice that when you get there, uh, as you give a little more, you get a little more like bonus episodes, uh, early audio, all kinds of different stuff. And it's the only way that uh, we support the show and ourselves 
and we just keep having surgeries. So that's, we really appreciate. That is true. <laughs> that is true. We really appreciate everybody that's been supporting us and keeping the show going and helping us get to Jeff's goal of a 100% conversion rate. We're so close, Anthony. We're so close. And by close, I mean, we're about 10%. <laughs> We're about 10% there, which is huge. Uh, if you, you know, if you listen to the show and you think, uh, we give you a little value or make you smile or teach you something, uh, we really appreciate you giving back like that. Uh, it stops us from having to do ickier things for money. We don't like doing icky things for money, but we will, but we're glad we don't have to do icky things without being paid for them. That's right. (laughs) I only eat icky things. (laughs) Patreon.com slash we have concerns. (laughs) 